Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. There's a look at Sydney Harbor as we get set for a big night of tennis from down under. 12 hours of live tennis coming at you at the top of the hour as we get you set for it here on Tennis Channel Live. And here's a look at our lineup tonight. It's a good-looking lineup. We start with Petra Kvitova and Anne Jabour now in the top 10. Barbine Muguruza making her 2022 debut. And then a bunch of American flags as well. Madison Keys, Ali Risk, and Coco Golf all in action. Hey, everybody. Welcome inside our Santa Monica, California studios. Rob Simulcare here, Chanda Rubin there, and Jan Michael Gamble showing up for a little Taste TC Live duty. Nice to see you. Thank you very much. Ready for a little tennis down under? Absolutely. All right. Well, it has not been a boring week down under. The headlines continue as we continue to wait the fate of one Novak Djokovic. Here's the latest on his dilemma. Deportation still being considered by the minister in charge of immigration in Australia. He's staying in an apartment now with his team, no longer alone. He's practiced for a second time in Rod Laver Arena, scheduled to be the number one seed in this tournament, which starts in five days. So this is still hanging over his head, Chanda. We don't know for sure what's going to happen, but right now signs seem to be pointing to him possibly playing next week. Yeah, I mean, I think it, for any player, it feels good when you can get more into the routine you're used to, and that's practicing, that's having time with your team, conversations, being able to then have dinner. And Novak Djokovic, he has been through a lot in uh, these last you know, five or six days, and that is the part we wonder. If he's able to play kind of mentally and emotionally, will he be ready? But it certainly looks like he's on the right track. Jan Michael, you've been following this uh, with the rest of us for the last week or so. What has your take been? Well, I think that there's, there's this whirlwind surrounding all of this, and for him to be able to focus through that, if he gets to play, is going to be difficult, I think. But he's got his head on straight, hopefully, and he's, he's going to be, you know, practicing. So that's one thing. Obviously, mistakes were made. Mistakes were made. Whether he, when he test tested positive and was in the public, not great. And then mistakes were made on the form when he entered the country as well, whether it was his team or whoever filled that out, mistakes. So will he be able to allow to stay? We're going to find out. It's, it's, it's interesting, that's for sure. Uh, you know, hopefully that, you know, as well as he's done there, he's going to be allowed to play, but it's tricky. Nine-time champion, hoping to give a shot at the 10th. All right, we'll keep an eye on the news there. If we hear anything, of course, we'll let you know here or online. But tennis being played in Australia. We start in Sydney. Andy Murray looking to start his 2022 off the right track against Victor Dorosovic. Yeah, Sir Andy certainly playing some good tennis to start right off the bat here. You could, this match, pretty much a cruise match start to finish. That easy first set there, 6-3. And Andy not just returning well, but moving well. Look at that trademark lob, Andy Murray right there. The shot that you do not want to allow him right out of the corner. Such good control on that shot. 
but Andy Murray certainly playing very well to start this match off, the tournament off. Possibly, could he sneak, sneak and be a dark horse at the Australian? I just got told that that was the first match that I'd won here in like over a thousand days. Um, you know, I, I've had a lot of issues and gone through a lot to get back here and was really disappointed to miss it last year with, um, you know, getting COVID. Yeah, obviously wanted to come here this year and, and perform well and, um, you know, got here nice and early to, to, to prep. And um, yeah, this feels like the, the start of a, an important year for me. Well, the five-time finalist at the Australian Open, and look at that, four losses to Djokovic, one to Federer. He's had a lot of success down under, 48 and 13 in his career, but hasn't won a match down there since 2017. So, Chanda, we're all waiting to see if Murray can have that breakthrough, still ranked outside the top 100. Yeah, it's been a tough road for Andy Murray. Obviously, getting healthy was the main thing, and to see him back out playing, moving better and better, you know, as he goes along uh, in each tournament, I think that is a fantastic sign for, for everyone, but including him. I think the next step is just trying to figure out how to keep moving up the ranks. He's gotten some tough draws because he's not seated, especially at the majors. And when you're having to play three out of five sets right out of the gate, that also, I think, is a challenge. So these matches and these lead-up tournaments, I think, are very important. And it's a good start he had in this one. There's a couple things for me. It's, I think you pinned it with, with the movement. That's so important for Andy Murray. The way he plays his, his, you know, his tennis and his movement is ever so important, but also the fact that nobody's even talking about the, him retiring anymore. Why won't you retire anymore? Nobody, that's sort of in the past. They're allowing him to just play the tennis, and I think that that's a fantastic thing. So he's just out there playing tennis. He's fit. It's not cringing me to watch, making me cringe to watch him play tennis anymore because uh, I, you could see the movement was a, was a struggle. Uh, so that's a really good thing, and I think, in his favor, and, and just allow him to, to enjoy the game. Cringes. We don't want any cringy no, tennis out there. Absolutely. All right, let's stay in Sydney now with the women and Australian Isla Tomlanovic in action here. Yeah, she got off to a terrific start, Tomlanovic, and it's always nice when you can play some good tennis in your home country. And the movement for Tomlanovic, you know, she was quick off the mark. And she's a big hitter. Backhand is a wonderful weapon, but she can also crack it on the forehand. But then we start seeing the feel from her like that. And that first set, she was feeling it on all cylinders. Got that tucked away pretty handily. And the second, Shmilova, though, able to turn the tables. Got the early break, was up there. But Tomjanovic didn't panic. And that's been an added component of her game, the confidence she's gained getting back into the top 50 last year gets a good win right out of the gate. All right, looking good there, and so she advances. Meanwhile, number 23 in the world, Belinda Bencic, coming off of her gold medal last year, taking on Beatrice Haddad Maya. Yeah, and Bencic initially was uh, supposed to play Krejcikova, so I think she was kind of happy to have this as a first-round matchup, really work her way into the tournament. All of the pressure on her, but she handled it beautifully. Just anticipating moving in, taking over the middle of the court, and that's one of the, the aspects of the vintage game that makes her so tough to play against, her anticipation. In the second set, she was able to get off to a quick lead again, and there at the field, I mean, she just had everything flowing, didn't look rushed or out of sorts at any point, and this was just a nice, clean match for her to work her way into the tournament. A straight set win for the Olympic gold medalist, Benchich, as she advances. 
American Jesse Pagula. She made some noise last year, looking to get her season off to a good start against Carolyn Garcia. Yeah, Jesse Pagula has certainly had a great year last year with those good ground strokes, and she has one of the better return of serves on on the tour these days. So. Going into this match, Garcia, who's had obviously such great results in the past, looking for that form of the past, needed to serve well. And that is exactly what she did here. Not only served very well, but took over the net. You see a good volley there coming forward. That was an important time right there for that good volley, but also hitting the serves and the big forehands, a nice big forehand inside out to end that one. She played a very concise and clean tiebreaker. Another good serve here, another big forehand. So that was sort of the Play of the day for her. Get ahead in those points. Can't allow Pagula to take control of the rallies. Garcia really took the racket out of Pagula's hands when it mattered today. So a straight set win for Garcia. Some other scores from down under. A couple of American men with straight set wins. Max Cressy, a 6-3-7-5 win. And Dennis Kudla, he was a lucky loser and he comes up with a straight set victory of his own. And Cressy coming off of a run to the finals last week, a close loss to Rafael Nadal, seems to be coming into form. He certainly is. And for, for the first time in his career in the top 100 in the world, I think he was 75 after that final um, against Rafa and a good match that he played there. Played confident, thought that he had a chance against Rafa. That's the way you have to think when you're entering against such a great champion as that. And now winning a, a match again, the servant volley is back and he plays against Lajevic, which I think is a very winnable match for him on the hard courts. Yeah, it's just a fun game to watch, and we don't often see serving volleyers have that much success. It's not a style of, of game that we see as often, and he has admitted he's bringing it back, and he <laughs> plays it confidently. Um, he's had some big wins. It started last year, had a big win at the U.S. Open against Karina Busta. That kind of you gave him that additional confidence, and sometimes with that style, it just takes a little longer to develop, so it's nice to see him finally having the success and you know just proving to himself that he can play this way and beat some of the Players I was world. at that match. He beat Carreño Busta, and the crowd was going nuts. Absolutely, <laughs> they love doesn't, him. It doesn't hurt that he's got a giant serve. You know, that he's got a lot of hurt. good tools um, <laughs> that can allow him to really threaten his opponents. All right. Well, we've got some live tennis coming at you at the top of the hour here from down under. Coco Golf highlights still to come here on TC Live Plus. King Richard, that movie. You haven't seen it yet. You got to go check it out. It took home some honors and. We got more match previews as we get get set for tennis at the top of the hour. But coming up, Emma Raducanu, her 2022 debut in Australia. It couldn't have gone much worse. We'll show you what happened when we come back on TC Live. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Please welcome the 2021 U.S. Open finalists. Emma Raducanu offers one of the most improbable tennis stories we have ever seen. And there it was, really one of the all-time Cinderella stories in the sport of tennis. First qualifier to win a major, youngest woman to win one since 2004. Fewest major appearances ever before winning 
her first title. This was truly an incredible run for Emma Raducanu at the 2021 U.S. Open. But now as we get into our tennis topics, the question, Chanda Rubin, is what next for Emma? And so far, the answer for her has not been a good one. No, it's always tough, I think, for any players when they have a big breakthrough is that sophomore year when they're trying to kind of figure out how to establish themselves and play more consistently. And that is what Emma Raducanu is struggling with now. And so here she faces off against a very yeah, tough yeah, opponent yeah. in Australia, Rabakina. Yeah, and it couldn't have gotten much more difficult in terms of a power player who's confident, uh, who is playing uh, at the height of her game, Rabakina. And she just overpowered Raducanu. Yeah. She had a little opportunity, Raducanu, the second game when she was serving through in a few double faults, and it just went downhill from there. Rubakina was coming in. She was yeah. you know, taking balls out of the air, closing off the court, serving big, and just didn't give Raducanu much space to breathe. And when you don't have any real big weapons to push players around, it can be a disaster. And she finally, Raducanu, got a little traction here with this miss from Rubakina. She got her one game on the board. And it was nice to see this smile in the midst of a difficult know. night. But it was just few and far between. And again, just doesn't quite have the tools yet, Raducanu, to figure out a match like this one. She doesn't have that yeah, much experience so at this level. And so some of it is expected, but a tough night for her. Tough night indeed. It was a quick night for her as well. This match, not competitive. Less than an hour on court for these two. 6-0, 6-1, 55 minutes. She dropped the first nine games of the match and you can see really dominated in terms of total points won. And Jan, Mike, you'll, you'll watch her game right now. What do you think she's missing? Well, there's a couple things. You, you, you go out and win the US Open. This fairy tale story uh, was unbelievable, but the pressure was never on her in that. Until the final, when you're about to win it, the pressure is definitely on, uh, winning those matches, coming through matches. But nobody thought she could continue that. And, the, and she had that momentum, it was amazing. Now there's a lot of pressure on her. She's a Grand Slam champion. So it's a little bit of a different look. Um, Find out exactly what makes you win. One of the things she did well at the Open was stifling returns. She's up on the baseline, really hurting her opponents with good returns. Here we see her practicing what looks to be like racket acceleration. That's one of this, this drill here, this drop drill, can help you accelerate on the ball. However, she played an opponent in Rybakina who just made a final, lost to Barty, who carved her up in that final, brought her forward. Now, Ronald O'Connor doesn't really have that ability, so she needs to win those ground stroke rallies, try to get a hold of it. Rybakina serves well. So it was, yeah. a, it was just a very tough matchup, I think, today for her in that shouldn't be 0-1. That should not be happening. But if you're, you're going to have that happen, make sure it happens before the slam. Mm. <laughs> so yeah. That's why you play the warm-up tournament. So hopefully she can get some of this out. She's got a new coach. Get a coach that you can believe in. Stay with that coach. You can't just be switching coaches up on the pro tour. Got to get somebody to believe in and stay with that coach for a while. Good team, Chanda, mm -hmm. is so important. Yeah, I found that interesting after the match. You know, that was them kind of working on her forehand. And, you know, it's not a bad drill to try to, you know, get more racket head speed and acceleration. But this is li literally a dead ball drill. Right. And in the match, she is having these balls coming at her warp speed, very heavy with pace and depth. And that's where she struggled. So I didn't really see the correlation between that work and what happened during the match. But you mentioned a couple of good points. She's got to get a consistent coaching situation there. She's working with Torben Belts now. And, you know, maybe they can get something going. It's still, you know, in the pretty early stages. But she's had several coaching changes since 
uh, Wimbledon, getting to the round of 16 there, and that isn't easy. After the U.S. Open winning it, she changed coaches again. I mean, who does that? Uh, and on top of it, she's very inexperienced, hasn't had a lot of matches uh, at the WTA Tour level. And so you have all of those things working against you, and now you have the pressure, you have the expectation, not just from the outside, but from yourself as well. It just adds up. And when you're in a match like the one she was in last night against Rabakina, I mean, you don't have time to be, you know, not sure of what to do. And you could tell she just didn't quite have the game plan, didn't quite have the tools to get through that match. That's true. Some of those flatter balls, it's going to be tough for her to deal with. If they're deep and flat and pushing her off the baseline, the thing that she actually does well is control yeah. those rallies, get up on the baseline. When she's unable to do that, she's going to struggle a little bit. So does she throw in some higher balls, work on a slice? What can you do to kind of negate some of those abilities that your opponents have? So that's one thing to identify. Another thing that has to happen for her, I think, is to close out this this crazy world that she's now involved in, all these amazing events that she's doing, all the things that you do after you win a Grand Slam, I think refocus on the tennis again, mm -hmm. and I think that we're going to see her shine. Yeah, and I think overall, you know, she doesn't have the biggest game, but at the U.S. Open, one of the things she did so well was she added weight by where she played, her court positioning, her ability to move the ball and really get opponents off balance. She's got to kind of get back to that, plus build and try to work out how to play bigger at this level and keep making improvements. All right, guys, well, it's not just Australian Open season. It's also award season in the movie world. That's right. When we come back, we'll take a look at some hardware being won by this, by this film. If you haven't seen King Richard yet, you got to check it out. It won an award. We'll tell you about it, plus more highlights and live tennis coming up after this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Coming up, we got live tennis coming at you from down under a top 25 matchup, Petra Kvitova and Anjabur from Sydney coming right at you. But first, from Sydney, Brandon Nakashima making his 2022 debut against Yuri Vesely. Yeah, Nakashima played well today. He likes a target. There's a good example of that. His passing shots are very solid, and he plays actually quite a few tiebreakers and does very well in those breakers. He serves very well, hits his spots, puts a lot of pressure with those good returns. We saw him doing that today. Vesely, not an easy first round by any means. There's another good look at him with those great passing shots. Nakashima played an excellent tiebreaker here in the second. So top 70 in the world, a good start for him to start off his, his 2022 year. A couple of tiebreak set wins there for Brandon Nakashima, now ranked 68. Coco Goff in good form down under here, taking on Katarina Sinyakova. Yeah, her serve looked good. That's always a key component to the Goff game and her forehand, really hitting through it confidently, moving forward into the court behind her shots. and. Sinyakova can be a tough player. That drop shot, though, not good enough with a player with Goff's speed. And she made short work of that first set and just continued with the confident play in the second. Again, the forehand coming through. She served well, didn't face any break points. That allowed her to focus a lot more on return games. She was attacking second serve. So in every single area, Goff just dominated. And this was a fantastic first-round match. 
as she said, she learned from it, and you could really see her work through any problems in this one. All right, Chanda, well, this is a match people are talking about. Number two in the world, Arena Sabalenka, having massive struggles with her serve here against Rebecca Peterson. Uh, massive is probably not the word for it. I mean, she served 11 double faults alone in the first set and still won it, and that, I thought, was a good sign that she would relax Sabalenka in the second set. But Peterson, to her credit, kind of raised the level of her serving game, started holding much more routinely there, attacking, able to get Sabalink on her heels, and that put more pressure on the Sabalinka serve. So down the stretch in the third here, the double faults continued, and then the overhead, kind of essence of what she was struggling with on serve, could see it there on the overhead miss. And in the end, Sabalinka just seemed to be so discombobulated behind the serve, they're missing her bread and butter, and Peterson gets the biggest win of her career. And a lot of it was just watching Sabalenka double fault. This was tough to watch. And 21 double faults for Sabalenka. Mark Petchy with this tweet online, sort of taking account of current stories with Djokovic. Did Sabalenka serve not get a visa into Australia? What do you think, Jen? Like, well, maybe, too it soon? <laughs> maybe it didn't. Uh, you know, 21 double faults in this match and 18 last week. So the question for me is, what happened in December? Often you take that time off to reflect on your game. She obviously had a great year last year, number two in the world, so some fantastic tennis from Sabalenka. A little pressure on her this year that she's never faced in the past. So looking back that year, after you've had your great year, now she has to defend a bunch of points, won some Masters events, so it's, uh, it's going to be a little bit tougher. But you, you go back to the drawing board and you try to figure out now what can get me to the next level? What can get me? She wants to win slams, right? That's what she's been talking about. Mm -hmm. Go through it. And, and maybe she worked on the serve, but it hasn't helped yet. Yeah, I mean, this was shocking, you know, how badly Sabalenka serve. And you've, we've seen players go through the yips and have lots of double faults. But she's number two in the world, has been playing pretty well. And she, in the middle of that match, started literally changing her service motion. You never see a player do that. She went to the underhand, but just kind of a ball feed out of her hand. She just seemed to not have any idea of where to go with the serve. And I think that's the struggle right before a major. All right, well, it is not just tennis season, it is awards season. We're gonna talk about that as we go to our social net. And if you haven't seen this movie yet, you gotta check it out, King Richard. Not only is it a great film, it is now getting some awards. Will Smith wins the Golden Globe for Best Actor in a Motion Picture Drama playing Richard Williams. Chanda, what do you think? Was that your pick for that award? Oh, I love this. Will Smith was so good. Loved the movie, you know, just everything about it. But I really felt like he was Richard Williams. There were times where I had to remind myself this was Will Smith. I mean, they can't look any, any more dissimilar. And yet he had the same feel. He understood just how Richard kind of brought his daughters into this space uh, in the tennis world. And I thought he did a fantastic job. So it's nice to see him getting awards for it. Absolutely. Yeah. I loved the movie myself as well. I remember so many of the things in the movie from when I was coming up as a player as well, hearing about these girls that were going to be the next big thing and all this stuff. And it was it was it was really interesting to to see the behind the scenes a little bit, knowing uh, Serena and Venus well, and and how they had that rise to obviously being legends of this sport. Great movie. All right. Well, here's one I haven't seen before, guys. This is tennis on roller skates. And these guys are good, by the way. Jam, Mike, is this something you, you would give a try to? What do you think? You ever tried wow. it? Wow. Well, first the of all, I'm not, I'm not known for hitting a tweener and without yes, roller skates on. on. Roller so skate. This is not something that I'll be doing. <laughs> um, not great on roller skates. I mean, I can skate a little bit, but this is pretty impressive. That's some pretty good uh, 
elegant movement from these yes. guys. Yes, I mean the rallies, the, the tweeners, like you said, Jen Michael, I couldn't even hit it without being yeah, on wheels. This is not going to be my sport. This is amazing. I could, couldn't even slide on clay with <laughs> without those on. So that looks like a, a train wreck for me. I would love to know how many takes that tweener was. Anyway, very impressive. We've got tennis coming up. And you see the lineup there. It starts at 7 o'clock Eastern from Sydney and Adelaide. A night session at 1. Back to wrap up TC Live after this. The Australian Open, they're getting set for it to start in Melbourne on Monday. And we're getting set to start two-hour pregame shows of TC Live every day at the Australian Open. Coverage presented by Geico will be with you every day starting at 5 o'clock Eastern Time, 2 o'clock Pacific. Martina, Lindsay, John Wertheim, Steve Weissman will get you set for the day in action every day from the Australian Open. We've got tennis coming at you here from down under in just a couple of minutes. We start with Petra Kvitova and Anz Jabour at the top of the hour. And then a good-looking matchup of Ekaterina Alexandrova and Garbina Muguruza making her 2022 season debut. Let's break down some of these matches. And Chanda, I start with you. Garbina Muguruza coming off of a tremendous end of the year. She won the WTA finals in Mexico. Now she makes her 22 debut. Yeah, she's coming off of a high and, and really finding the joy uh, in her tennis again and played terrific to get uh, that title at the tour final. So it's always interesting, though, that first match of the year for any player, you're kind of starting with a clean slate. Uh, and for Muguruza, you know, she's playing against an opponent who's already played a match. That can also be a little tricky in Alexandrova. And Alexandrova won the last time they played in 2020. So there's always a little different dynamic uh, depending on these matchups. But I definitely think you have to favor Muguruza and just the style, the weapons that she has, and as well the form and, and the confidence. She had Mike Madison Keys coming off of a win. She knocked out the number one seed in this tournament, Alina Svitolina. Yeah, it's a good win for her against Svitolina. That's a tough opponent no matter what. Svitolina hasn't been great so far to start this year off, but she's never an easy opponent to beat. She always puts out some tough, tough intensity in those matches and finds ways back in often. So Keys. You know, it's a good start for her. Looking for her to serve well. Martinsev is no easy opponent, that's for sure. But looking for her to serve well, as you always are. But also return well. Keep those ground strokes in and maybe play a little bit longer points. Sometimes she gets a little bit inconsistent in her matches. But she must have not been so inconsistent against Svitolina. Coco Goff does not have an easy opponent either. Marta Kostyuk took out Shelby Rogers in her last match. But Coco Goff's playing well right now. She is. And Kostyuk, another young player that we've sort of been looking to make her rise up the ranks. A talented uh, player around the court. But Goff, she's kind of playing in a different level, you know, compared to her peers. And the confidence she has this first round, the way she got through it, serving beautifully, hitting out on her forehand. Those are the, the things that people have kind of been critical of uh, over the last year or so. She clearly worked on it. She's accepting the challenge. I think this is a great match for her to kind of test that against a younger player. All right. Well, we've got players on court down under right now as we get you set for live tennis. Anjabur, top 10 player, taking on Petra Kvitova, a matchup of top 25s. We'll have it for you. Chanda will be on the call when we come back on Tennis Channel. 